0: Wake up, America! It's Morning Air with John Morales, Si sí,
1: Senor, Sarah Tafoya, Hey,
2: that's my mom.
1: and Glenn Leverns Bringing the light of Christ to start your day. This is Morning Air. On Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. It's Monday, January 29th. Good morning and welcome to a brand new hour of morning air. I'm John Morales along with Glenn Lovers and studio producer Sarah Tafoya. Thanks so much for joining us across America and beyond, wherever... You may be listening to us here on Relevant Radio in the new and improved Relevant Radio app. It was a great championship Sunday in the NFL yesterday as the matchup for Super Bowl 58 is all set with the Kansas City Chiefs squaring off against the San Francisco 49ers, and we will talk a little bit about it here momentarily. Our email, if you want to reach us directly with any thoughts or story ideas, it's morningair at relevantradio.com want to bring in Glenn and Sarah once again. Glenn, what are a few of the big stories making headlines here this hour on this Monday morning?
2: Oh, some sad news, John, over the weekend from the Middle East, where things have really been on fire since the Israel-Hamas war started with that Hamas surprise attack October 7th. Over 160 attacks on U.S. personnel in the region. The first deaths from those attacks happened over this past weekend. Three killed 25 more injured at a U.S. base in Jordan. This from a drone. Sent by Iranian backed militia, many calls in the US, including from. US Senators, to strike back directly at Iran.
1: Yeah, and that is uh, very sad news here on on this Monday morning uh, of those three American um, uh, servicemen. Um, I understand that there is as many as uh, possibly 34 uh, U.S. Uh, service members that are actually injured and eight evacuated uh, from Jordan as a result of these attacks.
2: Yeah, very serious attack, and uh, yet another broadening of what's going on in that area. There have been uh, attacks on uh, U.S. assets, uh, both now in, in Jordan as well as in Syria, in Iraq. And, of course, uh, things continue in the Red Sea with Houthi rebels uh, in Yemen firing at uh, international shipping, including uh, U.S. shipping. And,
1: again, uh, to, to put it in perspective, we're talking about 160 uh, attacks uh, since October 7th uh, on um, uh, U.S. Uh, Uh, service men or locations. And, um, you know, that is just unacceptable.
2: Nope. Uh, How to keep it dialed down if possible, but yet uh, let uh, folks who are doing this know it's not acceptable. That has been the challenge The the government, the Biden administration, promising a response for this. And uh, Glenn, uh, the other uh, story that has made uh, big news
1: over the weekend uh, with the issue of immigration uh, being in the headlines is a a possible border deal could be heading to the Senate floor.
2: Yeah, a bipartisan uh, group of senators working with the Biden administration may come up with a deal that could pass the Senate, looking unlikely, though, in the Republican-controlled House.
1: Yeah, and we're talking um, uh, about, uh, you know, 8 to 10 million um, immigrants that have come over just uh, since uh, the Biden administration uh, t- took over. So this is obviously a big concern, especially from uh, the Republican perspective. Uh, in the numbers just for the the month of December that came out over the weekend is over 300,000 immigrants that have uh, crossed over into the U.S. And it's just, that's just way too many. I mean, a, a country just can't handle uh, that many uh, migrants coming over.
2: You know, 10,000 a day on average. Can you, can you imagine? Uh, many uh, seeking a better opportunity, uh, seeking relative safety in the U.S., uh, but how to, how to weed out the bad guys all at the same time as well as the flow of drugs, uh, and, and that's the problem. And uh, when it's wide open like this, it, it does make it tougher for those who are looking to try and uh, make it over in an honest way. Yeah, there's
1: been over uh, 100,000 deaths from fentanyl alone. So that's, that, that in and of itself is, is a reason why this is uh, you know, such an important issue. And in fact, according to all these recent polls, um, over 40 percent of uh, Americans uh, ac- across our country um, feel that immigration is the number one issue in this election year.
2: Yeah, we we'll hear a lot about it between now and uh, the first week in November, that's for sure.
1: Definitely. Uh, on a much uh, happier note uh, for sports fans, uh, Glenn, I know you watched uh, some of the action yesterday,
2: the, the two big uh, conference championship games. Super Bowl lineup all set now. My goodness, what a pair of games. And then we'll talk more about those in depth. The 49ers heading back for their eighth Super Bowl, trying to be only the third team to win six along with the Steelers and the Patriots, and uh, Kansas City been there a lot lately, too, and they're they're heading back. A couple of great games, John.
1: Yes, indeed. Uh, Niners and Chiefs heading to Super Bowl 58. Uh, San Francisco put together a dominant second half, uh, coming from behind to defeat the Detroit Lions 34-31 in the NFC Championship game. The Niners trailed 24-7 to at the half, but they outscored the Lions 27-7 to in the second half. Brock Purdy completing of 23- 31 passes for 267 yards and a touchdown. Christian McCaffrey uh, would uh, run for 132 uh, yards and two touchdowns to clinch a spot in the Super Bowl, as uh, you mentioned, Glenn, for the eighth time, as heard on Fox and the 49ers Radio Network. Now it's Gibbs trying to get to the edge,
2: gets a block from the corner, makes a man miss. Gibbs hits out the Mitchell is in. They give it to Mitchell off the right side. Pushing for the goal line. Is he in? Touchdown! he takes the ball high in the air, it ricochets around. George
1: Kittle has got it, and the 49ers are going to the
2: Super Bowl.
0: You know, I'm kind of thinking that one, that one announcer, he might uh, double for a good soccer uh, announcer, too. I think <laughs> exactly.
3: he... Uh, I he, was thinking he, that the was same a long thing. time
0: to hold that note. Jeez, he's been practicing. That's That is dead. so funny. Impressive. Yes,
1: reminiscent of those famous uh, goal calls in soccer. Well, the Niners will be uh, facing the Chiefs, and this is a rematch of Super Bowl 54 in uh, Las Vegas on February the 11th, and it's a reminder that it's not where you start, it's where you finish, and obviously, the Niners finish so strong in that second half. Meanwhile, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs uh, beat the Baltimore Ravens 17-10 in the AFC Championship game. Patrick Mahomes completing 30 of 39 passes for 241 yards and a TD. Travis Kelsey had 11 catches for 116 yards and a score. Deion Bush came down with a key interception in the fourth quarter to seal the win for Kansas City, as heard on the Chiefs' radio network.
2: Mahomes to throw against a four-man rush. Fires it near side to Kelsey! Back to the ball and holds it in. Touchdown, Kansas City. Patrick Mahomes absolutely took duct tape and just wrapped the ball around the waist of Travis Kelsey for a 19-yard touchdown. Jackson quick snap again. She's trying to push the pocket. Jackson throws deep middle for the end zone. Intercepted. Intercepted in the end zone. Intercepted by Dion Bush. Back-to-back turnovers in the end zone by the Baltimore Ravens.
1: And that would uh, seal uh, the deal. It's the fourth time in five seasons that the Chiefs have advanced to the Super Bowl after winning the big game last year. Here's Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey.
0: Um, we've been underdogs for the last few games, um, but we never feel like underdogs. Uh, we got a lot of guys on this team that know how to win. Um, and when the playoffs came around, I knew we were going to make it happen. And uh, now we're in the Super Bowl, and the job's not done. we got to go out there into Vegas and uh, play a great team and see if we can go out there and get the Super Bowl.
2: Shout out to Jerry Rice, baby. The Chiefs are still the Chiefs, and believe it. You gotta fight!
3: Nevada, to go get us another one. Well, I'm sorry
0: Kelsey. Uh the Beastie Boys will not be playing uh at the Super Bowl. But you get, you know, it's still it's a fun song So, I get what he's saying. I get it. Yeah, you he's
2: going. got a, a future in in pro wrestling with that stick, I think. Yeah. Uh, you know, if if he needs a little more dough, but uh, maybe not if things continue to to progress with his girlfriend cuz a Chiefs victory, you know what that means, guys? Taylor Swift's going to the Super Bowl.
0: Oh, buddy. We'll be looking forward to seeing her. I'm sure she'll be decked out in great uh, chief gear and just, you know, having a good time up there in the suites and cheering them on because this, you know, this is you the big game. You think she'll
2: sneak out to the halftime show? Oh,
0: I don't know. I'm sure there'll be a lot of people, you know, thinking about that same thing. And I'm sure Usher, hey, he's probably might be shaking a little of his boots. Hey, you he might have to share the stage, do a little duet. You never know.
1: And Taylor planted a big... Kiss on uh, her boyfriend, uh, Travis Kelsey, uh, there uh, in the postgame on the field. A lot of smiles and a lot of celebration uh, for the Chiefs. So uh, Super Bowl 58, all set uh, with
2: 49ers and Chiefs. It should be a good one, guys. Any early picks there giving you a chance? I know you're often very shy when it comes to making prognostications, John. Well,
1: you know, we, we uh, have a little bit of a connection going here on Morning Air with the Chiefs, uh, with their, their chaplain, uh, Father uh, Roca, and, uh, of course, Harrison Butker, the great uh, field goal kicker who's a devout Catholic who was on the show last year. So, uh, you know, um, love to see the, the Chiefs uh, possibly uh, repeat. But, hey, may the best team win because the Niners are also an, an awesome uh, squad.
2: So we know who you're cheering for, but who do you think will win?
1: John. Well, right now, according to the, uh, the experts, uh, the 49ers are uh,
2: two and a half point favorites. Well, the expert, are you one of the experts? See, What's he's, your He's, pick, he's a
0: great dodger here. I have not heard, I've heard <laughs> a lot of dodging here. There's no direct answer.
2: Uh, I
1: I am uh, I am just a fan. Just, okay, there you go. I'm, I'm no answer. longer a sports <laughs> reporter an I'm just a, a, oh, a, a fan man. sitting in my living room watching these oh. games. So
2: uh, I, I'm a long suffering Bears fan. So as you know, so um, we you know. Didn't I, I ask just who just you're want to see for. Game. I just asked who your pick was. But I guess we'll just have to go with uh, picking at the bubble wrap here. You know. Oh, yeah. Today is
1: National Bubble Wrap Day, and uh, Glenn's having way too much fun with it.
0: Yeah, well, you know, he's been waiting all year for this, you know, just to be able to pop some uh, bubbles on air. And, you know, there's so many things you can do with bubble wrap. You think of just, okay, yeah, you put it in with your packages to make sure they're safe, and your kids like to play with it. You like to play with it instead of doing work like uh, Glenn, but... You know, there's contests that people come up with all the time, as to you know, okay, roll out the bubble wrap and see who can pop it the fastest. But you know, I think the most challenging is to roll out the bubble wrap and not pop any. I mean, I don't think (sighs) Glenn, you, I don't think you'd make it. You're already you've broke too many. So you know, that would be
2: good practice for Lent, right? Can you Mm. give up popping? But can you look at a sheet of uh, just like a brand new sheet of bubble wrap and not pop anything? That would be good practice for Lent, now wouldn't it?
0: would be and you know what the you know if you like bubble wrap but you want the recyclable version of that these new pop it toys that are out everywhere that's just like bubble wrap and when you're done on one side you flip it over and you pop it again so and but it doesn't have the good sound that's the only thing if you like the sound you're gonna have to stick with the original but if you, you don't care about the sound then hey maybe try the recyclable version you know these are a fun you know they're the one of these uh fads that are raging around throughout the united states but you know not just the bubble rap itself that's uh, popular even in television shows they have brought up the bubble and if anyone remembers seinfeld there was the bubble boy the boy that was in the bubble and uh, it didn't end well that was not a <laughs> one of those things that did not end well but uh, if you recall at all but uh you know hey he was a kid who was in a bubble and uh, he really liked trivial pursuit that's all i'm going to say about that Okay, well, very good. It's National Bubble Day, so hey, just uh, get your bubble wrap out and pop away.
1: Believe it or not, there are folks out there who are so creative, they actually take the bubble wrap and create art with it.
2: Mm,
0: There you go, and I'm not surprised by that. Hey, if you're one of those bubble wrap enthusiasts who's making art, send us a picture. We'd love to see it.
2: I'll I'll autograph this when I'm done, guys.
0: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Thanks, Glenn. We appreciate that.
1: All right, as always, uh, thanks so much. Uh, Glenn and Sarah, enjoy National Bubble Wrap Day. First things first, every hour we always begin here on Morning Air, always in prayer, always giving thanks to our Lord for all the many blessings through the intercession of our Blessed Mother Mary, the Mother of God, and of course we continue to pray for peace in the world, especially in the Middle East and in Ukraine, peace in our nation, peace in our church and in our families, and uh, on Mondays we also pray for the souls in purgatory of our family and loved ones who really do need our prayers. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Our Lady of Guadalupe, patroness of the Americas, a patroness of the unborn, and of Relevant Radio, pray for us, St. Joseph, patron of the Universal Church, pray for us. St. John Paul II, co-patron of Relevant Radio, pray for us. And we always invoke the Holy Spirit when we pray, come Holy Spirit, come. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Hey, Sarah, can you believe that Lent is uh, right around the corner? Are you ready for it this year? Uh, Ash Wednesday actually starts uh, on Valentine's Day. A
0: couple of weeks. I can't believe it. No, I'm not ready at all. What can I do to get ready?
1: Uh, Well, listen up. (laughs) If you want a transformative Lent for you and your family, watch Father Rocky's Lenten Lessons on the Mass for bite sized glimpses into every prayer and word from the sign of the cross to the final blessing. Get these free video lessons every day of Lent as, uh, that goes from Ash Wednesday until Holy uh, Saturday straight into your inbox, uh, sponsored in part by uh, the National Center for Padre Pio. Transform your 40 days with 40 lessons with uh, Father Rocky's weekly Eucharistic encounters at relevantradio.com slash Lent. Our power scripture from the playbook of life as we do every morning is from Isaiah forty thirty one. They who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles and they shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. As disciples and followers of our Lord Jesus Christ, we must learn to be patient and wait for the Lord. God's time may not necessarily be according to our time. Sometimes in his divine providence, he wants us to wait for a desire of our heart and wants us to wait for a reason. We must pray with great confidence, with perseverance, and hope knowing that the Lord does answer our prayers uh, when it's time. So wait for the Lord. And we always pray with great confidence that, that prayer from the chaplet of divine mercy, Jesus, I trust in you. We need to take a short break. When we come back, our spiritual director, the baseball priest, Father Burke Masters, will be with us to continue his B-Form series and talk about the dignity of the Holy Eucharist. So stay with us as this Monday edition of Morning Air rolls on here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. He's a bubble boy.
2: You gotta fight for your right.
1: That sounds like the Niners uh, post game from yesterday. Welcome back to Morning Air. I'm John Morales along with Glenn and Sarah. Thanks so much for joining us here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. As always, you can send us an email directly. It's morningair at relevantradio.com. You can also find us on social media on X, formerly Twitter, our handle at Morning Air Show, as well as on Facebook. And our toll-free line, if you want to be part of the program, uh, sponsored by the Catholic Order of Foresters, 888-914-9149. Now, this morning, we're going to uh, continue with our Be Formed series and our conversation on the Eucharist. Uh, in this year of the Eucharistic revival, it's important to think and go back to how we are celebrating the Holy Eucharist in our parishes. Are we doing it with reverence, uh, presenting uh, the very best to our Lord, Uh, keeping in mind that Jesus is our Lord and King, and uh, our churches and masses should be a reflection of the dignity and respect and reverence for uh, Jesus and uh, His true presence in the Holy Eucharist. Joining us live is our spiritual. Spiritual director, Father Burke Masters, the pastor of St. Isaac Jogues Parish in Hinsdale, Illinois, uh, to discuss the dignity of the Holy Eucharist. Uh, Father Burke is the author of his new book, A Grand Slam for God, a journey from baseball to Catholic priest. He's also the Chicago Cubs Catholic chaplain, known as the Baseball Priest, and a longtime Morning Air contributor. Good morning, Father Burke. Uh, Thanks so much uh, for joining us. It's great to be with you on another Monday.
3: Great to be with you too, John. Uh, after some great football that uh, I'm sure millions watched yesterday.
1: Yes, I, I hope uh, you enjoyed those two games. Uh, they they were quite uh, a- a- exciting, and now uh, we know it's going to be uh, Niners and Chiefs.
3: Yeah, it, it, it's a great matchup. You know, I have connections to both teams. through, you mentioned Father Rocha, who's the chaplain for the Chiefs. And the Royals also. He's a good friend of mine from seminary. We were classmates. And then John Lynch, uh, the general manager for the 49ers, is a very faithful Catholic and was baptized here at St. Isaac Jogues in Hinsdale before his family moved to California. So I've got, uh, I'm, I'm kind of split on where my, uh, where my loyalties lie for the Super Bowl.
1: I know the feeling uh, Harrison Butker was on our show last year after the Super Bowl and uh, I was blown away by the level of his catholic faith and his love for our lord and our lady and the church uh, he, he, he's an impressive guy and he's one heck of a of a kicker
3: he is uh, every time i see him kick you know i think about what a man of faith and i've had the opportunity when uh, an nfl team comes to chicago that uh, would like to have mass. Uh, the teams will often call me, and I've had the chance to have mass with the Kansas City Chiefs. And he's a, as you said, a very faithful man, just a good guy. So you love to root for those those kind of people in sports, for sure. use their platform to, you know, to share their faith.
1: For sure, and uh, we'll we'll definitely have a, a few weeks uh, uh, to hear all of the hype uh, for Super Bowl 58 uh, between uh, the 49ers and the Chiefs. Um, and meanwhile, uh, let's talk about the Holy Eucharist. Uh, Pope uh, St. Uh, John Paul II spoke about the dignity of how the Holy Eucharist should be celebrated. Can you, can you share uh, a little bit about that with us?
3: sure yeah this comes from his uh, 2003 encyclical ecclesia de eucharistia a uh, wonderful document it's over 20 years old but as is so much of what uh, st john paul ii wrote it's still so appropriate and we should be reading these things uh, repeatedly so he talks about the in the introduction to this section the eucharistic celebration uh is based in you know the gospels uh, especially the last supper and There's two words that describe the Last Supper and should describe our Eucharistic liturgies as simple and solemn. So these should be the model for all of our liturgical rites. And when Jesus said to his disciples, "Do this in remembrance of me," we've been doing that in the church, you know, from that that Last Supper uh, till today, and we'll continue into the future. You know, when Jesus says do something, we do it, and that's. That's how the church continues to celebrate the Mass, uh, simply, but with solemnity as well.
1: It really comes down to uh, reverence. If we're going to do it uh, in a a simple and solemn way, we have to have that true reverence. And I believe with that reverence comes the, the belief deep down in our hearts that it is really the Lord present with us in the Holy Eucharist.
3: Yes. They say you know as we as we pray that's how we believe, and uh you know so many people especially as things in the world get a little bit more crazy every day uh, being able to go to church where it's something that you know is is done reverently it's done simply um, and and you can also do it joyfully you know being able to do to celebrate the mass with joy and reverence and solemnity is a not easy to do, but I think that's what the Lord would want us to do because we're celebrating his passion, death and resurrection, his, you know, uh, victory over death itself. And to approach it when you, when you walk into a church, that's, that's done reverently. It just draws people into, you know, the things of God and raises their minds and hearts in prayer.
1: And this is why, um, we give our best for the Lord. This is why we have these beautiful, um, churches and cathedrals and basilicas, and we have beautiful altars and tabernacles and vessels and everything about it, the linens, everything to give our Lord our best.
3: Amen. And this is the part of this section of the the encyclical that really struck me. You know, I'll often hear, and maybe you've heard it too, people will say, why doesn't the church just sell all that it has and, and give to the poor? And because, you know, we could feed so many people with the money that you could get from these basilicas, these gold chalices. But St. John Paul II takes us back to the anointing at Bethany. You know, you have Mary, who's the sister of Lazarus, uh, and uh, she brings in this, this ointment that is valuable. And it's actually Judas the Iscariot who says, you know, I can't believe she's using that ointment. We could have sold that and, and, and fed, you know, the poor. Well, he wasn't really thinking of the poor. He was thinking about the money. But what Jesus said, you know, is, uh, you know, she, she's done what, what is due. And so what he's saying is, is that, that my body, his body, is, is it's the body of God. You know, it's, and it deserves that reverence. And he also says, don't forget to feed the poor. So in the church, it's a bull fan. So Jesus himself is showing us that we should show fitting reverence for his body. And that's why we have beautiful churches. That's why the church asks us to have, you know, precious metal chalices. Um, we, we have beautiful tabernacles. It's all meant to show this dignity and reverence for the body of Christ. And if you look at it, the Catholic Church does more than any institution in the world as far as caring for the poor. And and so it's not an either-or, it's a both-and. And so if somebody comes to you and says, you know, oh, the church should sell all that, you know, go back to the anointing at Bethany where, you know, Mary showed the great dignity for Jesus' body by pouring this expensive ointment on him. And then Jesus also said, go out and serve the poor.
1: Father Burke, can you talk uh, about uh, how the— Holy Eucharist, it really is a sacred banquet. It's not just a mere meal. It's really a representation of uh, the sacrifice of Calvary.
3: Exactly. So St. John Paul II asked this question. He said, could there ever be an adequate means of expressing the acceptance of that self-gift Jesus surrender on the cross, which the divine bridegroom continually makes to his bride, the church, by bringing the sacrifice offered once and for all, On the cross to successive generations of believers and thus becoming nourishment for all the faithful so let's break that down what he's saying is you know so this is what jesus has asked us to do and what we do at mass is we go back to the last supper we're time traveling really and we also are at the foot of the cross and so what jesus has done is he's offered himself on behalf of us to the father you know he's taken upon himself the sins of the world He's the sacrificial lamb, the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, and he offers himself back to the Father. And so at every Mass, we're not re-sacrificing Jesus. He made the one sacrifice for all time, and we're, we're participating in that one sacrifice. And so as he's t- told us to do this in remembrance of me, you know, St. John Paul II is, how can we give due honor and respect to that that one sacrifice? So this is a, a sacred banquet, so I always try to imagine myself, you know, sitting around the table of the Last Supper with the apostles, were were there with him, and also kneeling at the foot of the cross with Mary and John and Mary Magdalene, and honoring the amazing sacrifice that Jesus gave, you know, on the cross.
1: And Father Burke, um, the Apostle St. Paul, you know, talks about not receiving uh, our Lord Jesus in an unworthy manner. Uh, the church also has some uh, rules and uh, you know, guidelines for how we should worthily receive uh, the Holy Eucharist.
3: Yes. So, uh, so the, we have what's called liturgical law, and uh, I think we've talked about in the last couple of weeks the importance of going to confession if we're in a state of mortal or serious sin. Uh, St. John Paul II also talks about the importance of uh, giving honor uh, to the Lord by following the liturgical practices. So he said, unfortunately, sometimes we have uh, their priests who want to be innovative and, and to bring things into the Mass that really shouldn't be there. And so one of the things he asks of all priests is to follow you know, the, the liturgical law, to follow as we say, the, the Roman Missal is the book, big book that we use on the altar. And they say the th- there's things in red that tell us what you know, we should be doing, and the, the things in black are what we should read. And it says, you know, read the black and do the red, just follow what the church asks, because this keeps the universality of the church. And that's the beauty, I'm sure many of you have experienced where you might travel to another country, you don't speak the language, but because the the mass is celebrated similarly uh, around the world, you can still enter into that beautiful prayer of the liturgy.
1: And Father Burke, uh, final moments, uh, just uh, your thoughts on the priest uh, acting in the person of Christ in persona Christian, the, the responsibility that every priest has to bring that dignity to the Holy Eucharist.
3: Yeah, it's, I've had people ask me, especially kids will say, what is that like to celebrate Mass? And to know that you are acting in that in that place of Mass, of the consecration, and you're acting in the person of Christ. When I elevate the host and say, this is my body, you know, I, I don't say, look, everybody, this is Jesus's body. I say, this is my body. It really humbles me in, in a way that I'm, I'm not humbled in any other way to be able to say those words and, and to bring Jesus to people. And that's really what the priesthood is about, is celebrating the, the sacrifice of the Mass and bringing the body, blood, soul, and divinity to people through the, through the Mass, also celebrating the other sacraments that allow people to have this intimate encounter with the Lord Jesus
1: Well, Father Burke, uh, as always, uh, really appreciate you being with us and the great uh, reminders here on the teachings of Pope St. John Paul II on the the Holy Eucharist and that love and reverence uh, that we uh, should all have. Uh, Thanks again.
3: You're welcome. God bless you and all your listeners today.
1: Many blessings to you as well. Father Burke Masters, the baseball priest and a longtime Morning Air contributor. We need to take a short break. When we come back on the other side, you'll meet Deborah Keefe, a music educator and choir director who will share her testimony of healing and transformation through the Eucharist, God's love and music as medicine. So stay with us. We're headed down the stretch on this Monday edition of Morning Air here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app.
0: Bringing the light of Christ to start your day.
1: This is Morning Air. I've got
0: that good feeling Kicking me out of my chair Dancing like I don't care I've got that good feeling
1: And welcome back the to, to Morning Air. I'm John Morales continue. along with Glenn and Sarah. Thanks so much for Joining us on this Monday here on Relevant Radio and the new Relevant Radio app, you can email us directly. It's morningair at relevantradio.com. Our toll-free line if you want to be part of the program, 888-914-9149, sponsored by the Catholic Order of Foresters. That's 888-914-9149. Now, one thing we know for sure, God transforms Our life, every single life, uh, that means mine and yours. We all have difficulties and challenges in life, but if we surrender ourselves to the Lord, if we allow Him to work in our life, He will heal us and transform us, and we will see His love and mercy and grace poured out into our life and the life of others. Our next guest is here to share her testimony of how God healed her and transformed her with the Holy Eucharist and God's love and by uh, integrating music as medicine. Keep in mind that St. Augustine once said, when we sing, we pray twice. So joining us live this morning is author, counselor, and musician, Debra Keefe, to share her testimony of healing and transformation. Uh, Debra is a dynamic music educator, a choir director, a flute performer, uh, seeking opportunities to apply uh, her musical talent and educational background to build positive uh, healing connections through music. Uh, Debra has passionately led the integration of music as medicine with developing therapeutic art programs in oncology, hospice, home care, memory care, and addiction treatment. Good morning, Deborah. Thanks so much for joining us. It's great to be with you for the first time here on Morning Air and Relevant Radio.
4: Good morning, John. Thank you so much for having me. And to all your listeners, good morning.
1: Can you share with us, Deborah, a little bit about your musical background and, and your upbringing?
4: Yes, absolutely. Um Well, I grew up on the east end of Long Island in a Catholic family. Um, My father taught a drum and bugle course for Notre Dame and my mom taught CCD. Um, So we were, um, you know, family immersed in the faith and living it. Um, And um, so I have that beautiful foundation, the traditions, the rituals of the faith. I've always loved God. Um, I struggled, though. I didn't understand His love for me. Um, there was addiction in the home. There was alcoholism, and that ultimately uh, has been my life journey: is um, finding God's love for me, um, to be, you know, to heal and be transformed, and then help others.
1: How did um, your faith and, and and the Catholic Church give you um, that community that you needed at some point that maybe you weren't getting from uh, your family at home?
4: That's right. Um, well, it, it was uh, 2008. Um, I had been raised Catholic. I was married Protestant um, and then came back to the faith um, through divorce in 2008 and When I came back in 2008, I was immersed in the faith when I, it was different. It was new. It was personal. Um, uh, When I went to my first confession, general confession, coming back, the priest, uh, Father uh, Maurice LaRochelle at St. Mary's, um, Manchester, New Hampshire, he said, I want you to join the choir. So there immediately was this love and service and charity and, um, blessing to be part of the body of Christ. Um, when I received the Eucharist for the first time, um, Jesus came to me, um, and I heard him whispering in my ear that he loved me. And that's never stopped. Um, every time I receive the Eucharist, um, his, the, the Eucharist becomes the flesh as uh, you know, um, as soon as I receive it. Um, and, and, um, I knew I was receiving a profound spiritual experience. And, um, I, I then turned to every aspect of the faith, really healing ministries, prayer meetings, um, and with every, um, every bit that I gave to him, every ask, if you will, <laughs> he just blessed me more. And, um, there's a moment in Manchester, there was, I was coming out of, of the parish and just the light his light just came down on me. Um, I didn't understand, but I, I knew I would follow
1: Deborah how, how special was it uh, for you uh, to uh, to go to confession after a long time uh, and and really cleanse your heart so that then you could pre- be prepared to receive our lord in the holy eucharist uh, and 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 that must have also been super special uh, you know being a revert coming back to
2: the faith
4: absolutely that was um uh... That was just the most beautiful experience of, you know just the humility, the honesty, the the looking, um, you know, um, at our Lord, right? Our Lord is so present in the sacrament of of confession and reconciliation, and just wanting to be in communion with him, you know, um, and and when you receive that that atonement, you know from the priest um, and our Lord, and you know you belong. Um, you can't find that anywhere else. Um, you know, you really—it's—I—I um, I, I practice. You know, I—I I live in the sacraments, um, and I—I I go to weekly confession. Um, I've received so many blessings from Him. I don't want to be separate from Him at all. Um,
1: Can you talk a, a little bit about how uh, the Eucharist uh, also points you? Uh, to our Lord's Mother, our Blessed Mother, who really her role is to always point us to Christ. Uh, but uh, how how special is is our Blessed Mother in your life?
4: Um, well, she is um, you know everything. <laughs> it, it, you know she's not separate from God, from the Eucharist, from me. They're together. I, I have this devotion to the Blessed Trinity and the Holy Family, and um I I was uh, very blessed to um, uh, be part of the Diocese of Green Bay my daughter went to college out in Lawrence, at Lawrence and I spent time at the National Shrine of Our Lady of Champion um, and St. Pius in Appleton Wisconsin and while I was there um, it was a, just a, a a time of deeper, uh, Christ was calling me to a deeper love through suffering. And I spent many hours in adoration with him and uh, many hours at the shrine, um, Our Lady of Champion. And um, it was Christmas Eve, 2019. I was in the Adoration Chapel on my own in between masses. I would sing at one and then attend and receive in the other. And he came to me in the Eucharist, literally came out of the Eucharist. Um, I was doing the Divine Mercy Chaplet, and he just came out and twirled me around and was dancing with me, just falling in love with me as I fell in love with him. Um, So beautiful. It's for everyone. I think it's what I want people to know most is, um, there's no difference between any one of us. It's, um, when we seek him, we find him. Um, I I was blessed, um, after that experience and that was, to be honest, it was, it was enough. I said, oh my gosh, Lord, you love me, (laughs) you know, um, and, um, continue to just immerse myself in the faith in all ways and give back and, I spent so much time at the shrine. Um, they have healing masses there the last Saturday of every month. And um, I was in the process of, of writing and uh, Father John Bursard, the rector, um, was uh, bringing the monstrance around. He was my spiritual director. So he knew the struggle, the spiritual battle I was in when you sign up to write a book for God. And um Um, And he had connected me also with Father John Girardi at the Holy Name of Jesus Monastery, who had demonstrated and taught me how the love of God comes through the sound of his voice and the Eucharist um, at communion. And I, I was extraordinarily blessed and um, when he brought the monstrance over to me I, I was on my knees and the love of god came through it was um the it was light it was like the eucharist became the sun except it was infinite and i was immersed in it and um it filled every bit of my soul and um and it's never left <laughs> Um, What
1: you're describing are uh, miraculous, supernatural uh, type of uh, experiences uh, that uh, you're extremely blessed to have that kind of intimacy uh, with our Lord, uh, Deborah. Obviously, the Lord knows that you love music and you had that musical background, uh, and he knew that he could use you as an instrument uh, through music as well.
4: Yes. Yes, um, well, and I think it's unique. Um, you know, as a musician, um, a flautist, and um, you know, we as as we become an, you know, as we learn an instrument, we become an instrument to our Lord, especially when we're involved in music ministries in the church. So you know, the love between the father and the son and the blessed Trinity, um, as experienced through the Holy Spirit. When I play my flute, you know, it's, it's all about the breath and, and the heart. So I'm always asking the love of the father and the son to come through my breath, um, as, as I, you know, as I play anywhere or sing. I love to sing as well. So, (laughs) um, and it and it really is it's you know when we sing, we unite ourselves fully with our Lord and his love um, because we're you know we're not thinking about how does this sound or what does this look like're we're, we're just fully immersed in his love um
1: yeah, and singing is is a beautiful thing for us Catholics. As uh, I mentioned at the beginning, uh, that famous uh, quote uh, from the great Saint Augustine: uh, "When we sing, we pray twice." That's
4: right. <laughs> That's right. I love Saint Augustine, and, um, and and you know it's so humbling to have received so much from our Lord. Um, uh, but after receiving His love in the Eucharist, two weeks later. Um, during a parish mission at St. Pius with um, Father Greg Bramlage and the Missionaries in, of the New Evangelization, I received the healing of my vision in my spine. And um, the Lord has not stopped. Whatever I bring to Him, He's literally with His healing, divine healing love, just immersed it and and healed it. Um, and when I received that healing, we were singing. Uh, We were singing Alleluia, and um, I I felt the Holy Spirit, like a ray of of golden light, go through my spine, my cervical spine, and a whiplash injury from 30 years ago was healed. And then my vision, I had $1,200 glasses, um, wandering eye and trifocals, and, um, and my eyes immediately became straight. Um, and the next morning, I could read without glasses and drive and <laughs> um, wow that yes. that is
1: unbelievable. the Lord uh, really has special plans for you. He's he, obviously he has provided these incredible healings uh and and brought you back for a reason and for a mission
4: yes amen amen and it's, it is my goal as you know as i um, you know just integrated and processed all that had happened because you know certainly it was overwhelming um that all i wanted is for others to receive it honestly is his love is infinite it's infinite there's there's plenty of it for everyone and um you know it, i so that was where um, the next year I spent really in adoration and completing my book and, and the research um, for using the music as medicine combined with the faith um, to create Canto Divina, which is ultimately a healing ministry that with the the divine intimacy of our Lord as expressed through his word, um, through the sacraments um, and and with the healing power of the sound of his voice through music, um, one can be transformed. So um, I, um, you know, I, I began this journey. I said, Lord, after seeing so many miracles working uh, in hospice, um, people coming literally with Alzheimer's With anxiety, with depression, um, working in oncology, the um, the fear that people were facing, that when I incorporated the love of God with the sound of his voice through music, they were healed and transformed. So um, here I am, Lord. (laughs)
1: I come to do your will is uh, is uh, what our Lord wants us to say in our hearts, and it really sounds like uh, you are definitely uh, making a, quite a connection with Jesus since you came back to the faith. Uh, your book called Canto Divina, Singing Psalms for Transformation, um, where can our uh, listeners f- f- check it out?
4: oh thank you yes it is on amazon um i'd like to um thank mike aquilina wrote the forward to the book and um cherish publishing um, but amazon is the best place to find it also my website is www.debraannkeith.com and um i'm also, i'm also available for mentoring speaking engagements and counseling so, um, thank you so much, John. I, it, it's it's such a joy to share this with you and your listeners.
1: Well, I really appreciate you being uh, with us here this morning. Uh, the Lord has done great things in your life, and uh, it's it's truly uh, amazing. And we have the platform here uh, to share this uh, with so many listeners all across the country. Thank you again uh, for uh, for joining us here on Morning Air, Deborah
4: thank you john god bless
1: you many blessings to you as well uh author counselor and musician deborah keith and now it's time for another episode of Glen story corner
2: our story today is called enjoy your life at every moment once upon a time a fisherman was sitting near the seashore in the shade of a tree sipping a beverage Suddenly, a rich businessman passing by approached him and asked why he was just sitting under a tree and not working. To this, the poor fisherman replied that he'd caught enough fish for the day. Upon hearing this, the rich man got angry and said, Why don't you catch more fish instead of just sitting in the shade wasting your time? The fisherman asked, What would I do by catching more fish? Well, said the businessman, you could catch more fish, sell them and earn more money and then buy a bigger boat. What would I do then, asked the fisherman. Well, the businessman said you could go fishing in deep waters and catch even more fish and earn even more money. But what then, said the fisherman? Well, you could buy many boats and employ many people to work for you and earn even more money. What would I do then, asked the fisherman? Well, you could become a a rich businessman like me. And the fisherman asked, well, then what? Then you could enjoy your life and live peacefully. To which the fisherman replied, what do you think I'm doing right now? The moral of our story, you don't need to wait for tomorrow to be happy and enjoy your life. You don't even need to be more rich or more powerful to enjoy life. Life is at this moment. Enjoy it fully. As some great men have said, my riches consist not in the extent of my possessions, but in the fewness of my wants. From Philippians 4.11, Not that I complain of want, for I have learned, in whatever state I am, to be content.
1: Another powerful message. Uh, Thanks, as always, Uh, Glenn. Really appreciate it. Uh, Join Father Rocky and Maggie by praying and watching the Family Rosary across America with all your prayers and petitions live at 7 p.m. Central tonight and every night of the week here on Relevant Radio and the new Relevant Radio app. That'll do it for this Monday, January 29th, 2024 edition of Morning Air. For Glenn Leverence, Producer Sarah Tafoya, Gabby Burke, Young Thomas, and our entire Morning Air team, I'm John Morales. Thanks so much for joining us. Let your light shine before all. God bless America. We'll see you tomorrow on the next morning air. The Patrick Madrid Show is up next.